we're going to learn about the essence of Yom Kippur and what makes it unique. And to really begin, I'd like to share with you how in the prayer book, in our prayer book on page 20, we discuss the 11 spices that were brought every day as the incense, incense offering. If you're familiar, what is the focus of the Yom Kippur day? Can anyone call it out? What's the ultimate focus? Atonement. Atonement. Actually, I meant to be more specific. What is the... Um, <clears throat> what is the greatest act done on the day of Yom Kippur? Asking forgiveness. So it's kind of a trick question because the answers I'm getting are thinking what our greatest act is. But the truth is the greatest act is supposed to be the service of the high priest in the temple. On Yom Kippur... The high priest would go and enter into the Holy of Holies the only time of the year, and he would even on this one day, he would do it more than once. How many people here are familiar with the service of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, the Avodah? And, and well, it's all explained in the afternoon. Exactly. We actually spend time, we spend time reading the details, correct. Yeah, it's a lot. Yes. <laughs> and the ultimate within the service of the Kohen Gadol was when he would bring the incense offering on, um, in the Holy of Holies. How many spices, we'll call it, were brought within the incense offering? Anyone, anyone familiar? Eleven. Every day on page 20 we're supposed to say the incense contained the following eleven kinds of spices and we list them out. I'm not going to pronounce them because I wouldn't even be able to pronounce them. Galbanum, and I'm going I'm, I'm to stop. But, what I wanted to share is one of the 11 items was a minute quantity of a smoke-raising herb. That's what we, there was an herb that was in the, in the incense offering literally to make it smoky. And during the year, if you would emit this one of the 11 spices, nothing would happen. But if on Yom Kippur it was emitted, you would be deserving of the death penalty. Why is that? What was so important about this smoke-emitting spice? Death by the divine hand, not execution. I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, it says that someplace. Fantastic. <laughs> <Did I? laughs> Why? What's so important about this smoke-emitting spice that you're deserving of the death penalty and that would only be on Yom Kippur, not during the year? Before we go ahead, I want to share with you that one of the 11 spices was also something called chelbina. Let me see if I could pronounce this one. In English. Ah, how do you pronounce that word? Number three. Galbanum. Galba Galbanum? Galbanum. Chalbanum. And the Gemara shares with us about this spice. Gemara shares. So they, don't, they did not light it on Yom Kippur? Yes, yes, it would be ignited on Yom Kippur. It was ignited and burned on Yom Kippur, correct? I'm serious. He gathers a hand, handful with both hands and throws it on the fire. Well, how do you keep the, the, this smoke from 
happening. Okay, Amar Rabbi Shimon Chasida. Rabbi Shimon Chasida said, Kol Tanit She'ein Ba Miposhei Yisrael Any fast day that you don't have some people that have sinned praying with you, Einatanit is not called a fast. Why? Sheharei because Chalbena the Galvana Reichara. It had a terrible stench. Reach smell ra was bad. It smelled terrible. Uman aha kasuvim samimaneik ketoret. And yet, this is one of the eleven spices. The spices were here to be reach nichach to give a tremendous, a great incense, to give a great smell. And yet, one of the spices was. Specifically, a terrible smelling spice because when we're coming before Hashem, we don't have the holy and the unholy, it's all one. We're all one. What was the purpose of the spices brought every day? They were to elevate everything, but to be more specific, to even elevate, even elevate the, the bad. That's what we're learning from this Gemara. The Gemara in Chrysos 6b, the Gemara again says that the, one of the spices smelled terrible. And from here we learn, the Gemara continues, that a fast day must include not only the holy but also the unholy. And we could take out further from this Gemara that the point of the Ketoret every day was to elevate elevate the world, but not only to elevate the holy, to elevate the unholy. Clear? The Gemara is clear? Okay, we, yes. It didn't smell terrible when it was cooked with the spices. Correct. It only smelled terrible if it was burned by its, if it were burned by itself. And the point was that the uh, sacrifice ascends to heaven. Well, what if the wind's blowing? Doesn't make any difference. It said that the smoke went straight up regardless of what happened. The Gemara in Yuma 20a says as follows. The Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, Amar Rami Barchama. Rami Barchama says, Ha Satan. What does Ha Satan mean? The Satan. The Satan. Okay, now let's do a little math. Ha Satan. What's the numerical value of hey? Five. Sin, 300. How much are we up to? 305. We have an accountant here. Good. Tess is how much? Nine. What are we up to now? None is 50. What are we up to? 364. How many days of the year are there? 365. So why is Hasatan only 364? Because there's one day a year he has no power. Let's see that. This is the Gemara. Rami Barchama tells us, Ha Satan Begematria, Ha Satan is a numerical value of Talas Mea Vishisin Va'arba 364. Heavy Talas Mea Yoimi. He has permission to prosecute 364 days of the year. Piyoma on Yom Kippur. He has no power. So now, I don't understand something. Basically, evil has no power on Yom Kippur. So why are we bringing the 
incense offering, the Ketoros on Yom Kippur. The whole year I understand there's evil that's active. But on Yom Kippur, seemingly the evil's not active. So why are we bringing the incense offering? And not only are we bringing it, but that's the focal point of Yom Kippur is the Kohen Gadol bringing the incense offering in the Holy of Holies. It's not matching up. The, the Satan has no power. Question clear? No. I appreciate the honesty. We've established that the Ketores is brought to elevate the bad. Yet on Yom Kippur there's no active bad. How do we know there's no active bad on Yom Kippur? Because thus Satan equals 364, meaning that there's one day a year he's not active, which is Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, the Satan is not, is not allowed to be active. Is it, are there other places that gives that reference, or is that the main? This is a Gemara in Yuma that shares this point. It's also mentioned, yes, in the Medrash. Yeah. So to repeat, Ketores is to elevate the bad, and yet on Yom Kippur, the bad is not active. So why are we bringing Ketores on Yom Kippur? Could you repeat it back for everybody? I didn't get it. Try. Why do we bring incense Good. on Yom Kippur? Good. Why, why should we not? Well, I don't know why not. Why do we bring incense every day of the year? Because evil is around. There's no evil on Yom Kippur, so we don't need incense Good. to purify the room. Exactly, to purify the it world. It purifies the air. Yeah. On that day, it shouldn't be necessary. Okay. Clear, Gershon? The question's clear? No, yeah, the question's clear. I was just, I thought that was the only place. That that no, it's be. not the only place. It's mentioned in other places. No, no. Okay. Let's now turn. We're in Yuma again. 86B. We've learned this Gemara together in Tanya, but we'll read it again. Amar Reish Lakesh. Familiar with Reish Lakesh? You see the... the the big, the big guy. He was a bandit. Right, okay. He reached We could all learn from Reish Lakish. He married the daughter of... Sister. Amar Reish Lakish. His sister, I believe. Of which? I believe it was his sister. His sister, and he became a... Um, uh, became a Talmud Chacham. Ah. And um, he... Uh, and then he had a disagreement, and uh, um, unfortunately passed away. He was so grief-stricken over being questioned about his belief. Amar Lakish said, Gidoila Teshuva. Teshuva is what? <coughs> Repentance. What's Gidola? Great. Great. Great is Teshuva. Says, Idonos Nasos That intentional sins, when you've done Teshuva, are now considered mistakes. Unintentional. How do I know this? Says Rish Lakish. Because the passage says, Shuva Yisrael Adashem Elokechad. Yisrael, Jewish people, return to repentance. Tashem ki chashalta bavinecha, because you stumbled in your intentional sins. You can't stumble in an intentional sin. If you do it intentionally, you're not stumbling. And that's what Rish Lakish said. Ha'avon mezetu. An avon is an intentional sin. And the Torah is calling it a stumbling. In other words, when you repent, your intentional sin is downgraded to be considered 
an unintentional sin. Aini, one second, the Gemara says, this can't be Reish Lakish said such a statement. But Reish Lakish told us at a different opportunity that Gedola Teshuva, greatest Teshuva repentance, Shezidonos Nasos Lokizachios. Teshuva is so great that intentional sins become merits. When you repent appropriately, intentional sins become giving tzedakah. Shinamar, as the Pasuk says, Uvishuv Rasha Merishasai, when a wicked man returns, repents from his wickedness, the Asa Mishpat Utsidaka Alehem Utsidaka Alehem Yechia. That when a person returns from his wickedness and does what's appropriate, he's going to live. Alehem Yichi is going to live off of this. Off of the sins he's going to live. Okay, so the Gemara says, I have a contradiction. Reish Lakish in one place says a sin after Teshuvah, an intentional sin after Teshuvah is considered an unintentional sin. And in another place, Reish Lakish says, this is a real Gemara, right? He says that an intentional sin when you do Teshuvah is considered money. It's considered good stuff. You're going to live off of it. The answer is the Gemara, like Hashem, it's not a contradiction. Kan me'ava, kan me'ira. When you did repentance because you love Hashem, then the intentional sin is going to be, it's going to be money, it's going to be in the bank. But when you return to Hashem out of fear, you're scared, then it's, you've repented, but your intentional sin is going to be lowered only to a unintentional sin. Again, if someone returns to Hashem out of love, so then the unholy has now become holy. If someone returns to Hashem out of fear, the unholy has just been uh, changed up a little bit. That's what the Gemara again in Yuma, 86, a powerful Gemara. What do we see from here? That there's a method of serving Hashem out of fear, a method of serving Hashem out of love. During the year, our connection to Hashem is more in a method of fear. The Ketoris during the year are here to take whatever has happened and change it up a little bit. Try and make the best from it. Take the Chelbena, take the um, bad and really try and move it away. Clean it up, but it is not trying to make it into good. Is that the purpose? That not to go back to the spices. But is that, is that yes. the purpose of there, that one bad smelling spice? Yes, the intention of the bad smelling spice is to show that there's also evil, right? Is to show that the Ketoris is here to elevate or to, or to clean up the evil, yes. During the year, the purpose of the Ketoris is to clean up, like serving Hashem out of fear. On Yom Kippur, when the Satan is not active, the purpose of the Ketores is not to clean up evil, but it's actually to take it and make it a merit for us. It's a whole different ballgame. We're taking the evil and we're making it, we're putting it in our bank account. It's out of love. On Yom Kippur, we're serving Hashem out of love. During the year, the Ketores is here to clean up more out of fear, but on Yom Kippur 
when our essence, in other places we, the Gemara shares, our essence is revealed, we have this clear connection with Hashem on Yom Kippur. We're serving Hashem out of, out of love. So then, yeah, the Satan may not be around. It may not be evil active. But there's enough negative in the world that we, that for us to change into good. It's almost like recently, I was talking on Rosh Hashanah with a man who came to Shul and he was sharing with me that the Israelis, they were able to take, and you'll know this better than I do, I don't fully understand, but basically he was telling me they were able to take sewer water and not only make it, you know, not dangerous, but actually make it healthy water. And that's the water that they're, you know, uh, growing all the vegetation in, in Israel from. Please. And also, around here, um, if you ever go out to Clean Water Services yeah. out in Hillsboro, they uh, actually have come up with a way to make beer from really? water. Really? Wow. There you go. So, I guess <laughs> it's interesting talking... Talking about sewer water, in essence, kind of what we're saying is there's two, meth there's two things to do. One is to get rid of the bad parts. Another one is to make it sparkling and beautiful. And that's what we're learning here. During the year, we're cleaning the bad. But on Yom Kippur, we're actually, it's all of a sudden becoming, not only the sparkling, it's becoming better than the merits, right? We learned that in a place where a person who has sinned has, is able to come, even the greatest sadhik can't come. Because taking the negativity and elevating it takes you to the highest places. Darshan, please. I read something, my daughter sent me something today, and I wish I could remember what the, who the rabbi was said that, along those lines, that at Yom Kippur, even if you don't say you're planning on doing more mitzvah, and even if you're unable to do them, that uh, you have a merit for, you're unable to because of circumstances beyond your control, but you, you still get credit for the mitzvah of, of wanting to do wanting to do the mitzvah even if you can't yeah it's interesting it says by a Jew the fact that he wants to yeah, is considered doing it right. even though you're not actually right so let's let's now apply this back to the need for smoke raising spices during the year it's nice to have it but it's not necessary because the ultimate purpose of the Ketoris was not to elev was not to change the bad and make it good, but it was more to clean it up. And therefore, if the smoke raising in, um, spice wasn't included, it wasn't such a big deal. On Yom Kippur, the purpose of the incense is one thing: is to take the bad and actually elevate it, make it now good. Thus, the smoke-raising in, um, in, spice was a focal part of the incense. And it was necessary, it must be brought. If it's not brought, it's a death penalty. Again, because based on what we're learning, on Yom, during the year when the Satan is active, the job of the Ketoris is to, not to so much elevate the evil, but to clean it up. And therefore, if it's not, there's no smoke-raising incense, Okay, but on Yom Kippur, when the Satan is not active, the purpose, of the 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 purpose of the incense is not only to clean it up but to elevate it, and that therefore was necessary. The physical show of elevation of having the smoke rise. 
So let's summarize and then we'll take questions. In summary, Yom Kippur is a day when our essence is revealed with its essence, the essence of Hashem. The Satan is not active. Therefore, why is it necessary to bring Ketorah spices if the spices are here to elevate the bad? Like we know, one of the spices had a terrible stench. Why to teach us that the purpose of the spices was to elevate the good and bad together? So why on Yom Kippur is it necessary if there's no bad? The Satan is only the numerical value 364. It's only active 364 days of the year, not on Yom Kippur. So why then was it necessary to bring incense on Yom Kippur? And we quoted the Gemara, which shares with us that when you serve Hashem out of fear, a sin is only turned into an, un, an, an intentional sin is only turned into an unintentional sin. But when you serve Hashem out of love, an intentional sin becomes a merit. The same thing on Yom Kippur. When we're serving Hashem out of love, yes, the Satan is not active. But we're actually going to take whatever negativity there is, not only and clean it, but elevate it. Let let us fly with it. It's going to allow us to reach the highest places and to conclude that in a place where the Baal Tshuva stands, the greatest Sadiq will never stand. Are there any questions? Yes. Please, Liz. Um, I just can't think of words. But it sounds like the day that a spice is not needed because of what the Gomorrah tells us kind of sounds like a bridge to the next day, so to speak, by bringing, because the question is, why do you bring the spice? Right. And, and so that would, I don't know if that's right, but that's like kind of what I'm understanding, is if you bring the spice on that day... On Yom Kippur? Yes. Okay. Um, according to the Gomorrah, if I'm wrong, please correct me. But if you bring the spice on that day, then it's like a bridge. I can't think of another way to put it to the next day where a spice is necessary because it's being used to ward off. Are you asking a question? I don't know if or I'm, is it an observation? I'm asking a question as I am trying to get an understanding of this. And, and trying to put it in terms that, you know, make sense because quite frankly, the, the, what I'm hearing is not quite clear. Maybe it's just me. No, no. Hey, no. I, I, um, anyone want to try and share in their words what we've learned? There's an important point here that I think is getting us astray. Okay. It's not optimal. I mean, op it is not optional during the regular year. You are still subject to death by divine intervention. If you forget any of that, you cannot just say, well, it's not Yom Kippur, so if we leave this out, or if we don't follow the ritual, you have to do it. Right, so the reason you would... But the significance of the Galbanum... Mm -hmm. Well, let me just correct that. During the year, if it's forgotten, you're not 
subject to the death penalty. It's only on Yom Kippur. If you forget this, the smoke-raising incense, say you're responsible for the death mistaken, penalty. that isn't what it's, uh, with all respect, it doesn't what it says in the sitter. Okay, let, let's talk about afterwards. No, I, yes. Anyone here want to sh- sh- share a summary in their words of... Ye- Yeshua, can you try and share a summary, maybe? Excuse me, before you do Please. Am I- Am I getting this correctly, or am I like totally off on this? Remember, there's two things that the Kohen Gadol does. He, he atones for himself, and then when he performs the next thing, it's for everybody. So he has to make sure he covers everyone in the performance of that ritual. And the ascendance of the incense is for the entire people. But the incendence of the incense for that entire people is what is what is on Yom Kippur, which is not, which is when it's not required. It's only required on the other days. No, it's required on all the even on Yom Kippur. Every day of the year, the incense offering. No, no, no. It's good. Every you're saying good this. Every day of the year, the same incense offering is brought. 364 days. 365. Every day. Wait. Okay, so it's poured all the time. It's poured every day. What, what I was hearing was that there's, there's one... No. The Galvanic is one spice that serves two purposes. Uh, 364 days of the year, it serves one purpose. And on Yom Kippur, it serves another purpose. And, and so... 364 days a year, it's to uh, uh, elevate the even things that are evil. It doesn't say. No, the elevation is just. 364 days is more to clean up. To clean up. And remove. Yeah, yeah, clean out. But on Yom Kippur, it's it's to elevate. Okay. And so, you know, the dilemma is, from a, you know, from another perspective is, how do you explain how this particular spice? How how is it? How do you explain how you're going to use all the spices every day? Mm-hmm. Yet one of the spices serves a purpose. Um, 364 purpose. days of the year, and on and, and then you say, but on that you know, one day, Yom Kippur, it doesn't serve that purpose. So it's got to serve some purpose, right? And that purpose is. It assures them all of the rice. Tell them. So, so my guess would be it's not what you're doing that's any different. It's what it's it's the motivation behind it. So for 364 days, it's out of fear. On Yom Kippur, it's out of love. And that, since you're doing it out of love, it's more of a, an elevation than a uh, whatever. Thing. Not as high. But I didn't. I think you were introducing something about a bridge. Well, that was just my way of, of coming to it, for lack of a better way. Well, it's like, it's like how it gets from, you know, you have you have one day of elevation, you have 364 days of fear, you have one day of elevation, and Yom Kippur is for the one day, mm-hmm. and I don't know, for some, somehow I thought that I thought of it as the day of Yom Kippur, it was like elevating, and, and then it made... 
I called it a bridge for lack of a better oh, phrase, yes, to, right. to get it back into the rest of the 364 days because the spice is not needed for one day. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking it may not have been a bridge the way you would describe it, but it is a bridge of how you use the same spices. During the year? Yeah. Every day, including on if, if, How do you bridge all of your actions? Or well, then the Gemara says clearly, if you serve Hashem out of fear, then you individually have <laughs> taken your sins and made them yeah. merits. But as love. A, out of out of if you serve Hashem out of love, yeah. But as a community, as a people, on Yom Kippur we're lucky that as a people it's all out of love. So the Shema the says day love. Yom Kippur, um, reinforcing or uh, stating our love for Hashem rather than our fear. The day of Yom Kippur is a day, that's a good question, if, and, and this is, um, Rabbi Chaitan actually spoke about this on, on Shabbos. Yom Kippur is not a day of fear. It's, Most, not, a day of what? it's not a day of fear. We often look at it as a scary day. That's not, that's not what Yom Kippur is. Yom Kippur is a day of, of love, of connection. You know, sometimes the not sometimes. I think it's like a fact. A spouse will come closer to their spouse when you're able to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. <coughs> if you can't have a heart-to-heart, -heart, and heart-to-heart -heart, like, means a tough conversations. People that can't have tough conversations are going to have challenges in life. Yom Kippur, is, it's a, there's tough conversations happening. We're owning up to our issues. But this is a day of love. Today, bringing us closer, it's the oneness to quote the Gemara, the oneness of the day. Mm -hmm. So that's a very good point that I'm happy that was brought up. Yeah. Didn't Rabbi Chaitan also say, even though it's a, it's a very serious day, it's also it's joyous because we have this opportunity. Yes. You just spoke. Yes. 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 Absolutely. We're we're lucky and privileged. Yeah, to have such an opportunity. So then what's the purpose of the fast? To help us focus. You want, actually, I'll tell you in the words of Kabbalah, the reason we fast is to be like angels. Angels don't eat, then we want to be like angels. On William Kippur, we wear white. Right, right. It's not a punishment. So is it also true that if you're fasting, it's preventing you from focusing on prayer, you shouldn't fast? No. The Torah has a lot of Torah has um, certain guidelines, and it says fainting, and you're, you're, all you're focusing on is your stomach growling. You're not <laughs> the to concentrate. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. The Torah has set guidelines, and has said these guidelines cannot be broken. For some people, they may not work, but these are the guidelines the Torah has set. Just to kind of share with you, in another extreme, the Torah has set guidelines of um, like who's allowed to be in seclusion. You know with regarding genders and um, a lot of people feel like oh the Torah is being extreme here extreme there the Torah says we have guidelines and these are them and at times yes people may feel that it doesn't work best for them etc but these are the guidelines and I, I get your point though I get your point some people you know I remember when uh, there was one Yom Kippur and my wife was in, in the middle of her pregnancy and basically the rabbi said her job is to sit in an air-conditioned room and relax the entire day. That's all she's supposed to do that day. That's her job. 
and I was supposed to be a chazan that year somewhere, and he said, my job is to stay home and make sure that she's, that she's comfortable. You know? Yeah. I, I, the, the question was a good question, but the answer is still a fair answer. So. Can people all? Go ahead. Isn't that why we also recite the Mita with our legs together? So yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. And that's why we scream Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Olam Vad out loud on Yom Kippur. Because again, we're like, we're like angels. You know what? When, when I was growing up, I didn't grow up through Chabad. And I grew up reformed. And the Yom Kippur, the men fasted, not the women. My, my mom never fasted. I don't remember her or my aunts or my, grand, my grandmas. I don't remember them ever fasting. They, they didn't know better. They, okay, so it's not, okay. But you know, I for know now. now. I don't know if they fasted at Beth Israel. Huh? I'll bet they fasted. I'll bet they didn't. So let's let's next conversation. Okay. <laughs> next conversation. I couldn't Any other questions? They pro forma fasted. Okay. Thank way. you very much, everyone. <laughs> and I'd like to bless you to be seals yeah, for you. a wonderful and beautiful new year. I hope every